Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Brian. And we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. We hope you're enjoying this episode. You know, it's our goal to make this podcast useful to you. So if you find it valuable, we want you to consider supporting the Bible Bistro financially. You know, there's a cost associated with this podcast, and your support will help us to continue this mission. If you'd like to help, we have set up a Patreon account where you can contribute at any level. Maybe you just want to give us a few bucks a month and buy us a cup of coffee. Or if you support us at $15 or above, you can receive some of our personalized items, like the Bible Bistro coffee mug. Trust me, you're really going to want one of those. Absolutely. You just got to go to our website or in the show notes and click on the Patreon link. And thank you so much. We appreciate our loyal listeners. Welcome back to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. I'm Ryan. Hey, and I'm Brian. And this is the Bible Bistro. That's you say that twice. Bible Bistro. I did. I uh, okay. The, welcome to the Bible Bistro. Hi, my name's Ryan. I'm named Brian, and this is the Bible Bistro. So, well, you know. can write something yourself. <laughs> okay, it's a you, podcast all about the, the Bible. Bible theology and things pertaining to the Christian faith. Okay. I just I'm gonna stop. I'm just gonna stop. Anyway, right. we're back in the bistro. Yeah. We're continuing we're the O'Neaters again. Back. Hey, we had a I didn't tell you this beforehand, but we had a uh, interaction. I had a private interaction with a <laughs> where's this going? With a longtime listener, regular listener, faithful listener, I would call him. Mm-hmm. And uh he pointed out that the book of Haggai Minor prophet in the Old Testament has two chapters. It's a twofer. It's it's a twander. And so, <laughs> so if we, if we uh, wanted to do a series of all the two-chapter books in the Bible, we could do the book of Haggai. So it'd be this, it'd be an episode series. <laughs> Perfect. Twander. The twander. Well, I, we both stand corrected here. We didn't think yeah. it was real. Here I am. And now someone has... Uh, have you seen that? You, have you seen that YouTube video of, of? Well, I shouldn't give it away. The, of the girl, and they're like, "How would you say TWA?" Like if you're pronouncing it. And oh yeah, they're like, she's twa. like twa, and then twee, twit, and then they say, "How do you spell or how do you say TWO? Two." <laughs> saying yes, ways. I've seen that one. And then they show. Never mind. So the Twanders, that's where I was going with that. Yeah, well, you know, it's just, it's, you know, we talked about language last week and the yeah. words. And, yeah. you know, if you're mentioning, I'm just going to bring this because everybody hates this when we, we rant too long here, I'm sure. But uh, speaking of funny videos online, have right. you seen the one where the woman pronounces there's three people lined up and the guy in the front says like the girl in front says ambulance. And then someone says, says it in Spanish. What's. What's uh, uh, ambulancia? I don't know. Yeah, in Spanish, and then the last person says it in German. German, <laughs> and it's Krankenwagen or something like that. So, just how funny how yeah. we all look at things differently and differently. say things differently. Anyway, yeah, words, words, words. Own eaters. We're back to it. Okay, very and good. And we're talking about John. Third John. Yeah, this third is third John. Three John. Yeah, third John. Three John. Third John. Is it third John? Is yeah, it, it depends on what side of the pond. Is it th- what side, it's, it, it's what side of the pond you're on. All right. Uh, so here we say third John. Uh, and in, in England, they usually, or Scotland, they usually say three John. Three John. But, yeah, I know. All right. Well, here we are, three those, John. Those Brits. And this is our final Oneater. 
Yes, it is. This Our is final wonder. So, although we decided we're going to go right into First John, I think after this, so there there'll be a little connection. But yeah, thir- thir- First John is definitely not an own eater. So if okay. you've so if you've hated this series, <laughs> hang on, hang on, <laughs> we're wrapping it up. <laughs> but in all fairness, if you've hated the series, you've probably hated all of it at this point. Well, I uh, my, my faithful listener, our faithful listener that I that I mentioned uh, did say that they enjoyed the series. So there you go. All so, right. Well, we're winning. <laughs> go ahead and read uh, the first couple of verses of uh, of Third John for me. There. Yes. Uh, the elder to my friend uh, Gaius, whom I love in the truth, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health. And that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Okay, it, so go ahead. Do you want me to keep going? No, that's fine. All right. Because uh, that's kind of the Thanksgiving, that's that's the introduction yeah. of the Thanksgiving section. So salutation here is kind of interesting. We When we compare this to Second John, there's a couple things that are similar, but there's a couple things that are different. So the, the, the similarities we notice is that the sender is called the elder. And mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't refer to himself. Now, I mentioned this a little bit last week, and I thought we would dig into this just a little bit more. Um, that first, second, third John, none of the three contain the name John. Mm-hmm. The Gospel of John does not contain in its text the the name John uh, in, in reference to the to the author. Uh, John is mentioned uh, interestingly in in the Gospel of John. John the Baptist is mentioned, but he's only called John. He's not called the Baptist in in John. He's just called John. Okay, uh, and, and, but but the sons of Zebedee are mentioned in the Gospel of John, uh, but John is never mentioned as, as the author. However, and this is this gets into kind of a funny funny way that we think about and deal with these things. Traditionally, these five books, so the Gospel of John, First John, Second John, Third John, these three letters, and then the Book of Revelation, have all been attributed to John. We call these we call them the Johannian literature. They have they definitely have a lot of common themes. Uh, the question is if they're all written by the same author. Now, I happen to believe so, and I, I think it's it's none other than the apostle of Jesus, um, John the son of Zebedee, brother of James, and and so we can talk about that another day. Perhaps it might be an interesting topic. But but what I want you to notice here is this is, is the way he refers himself here as the elder. Uh, what I, what I was going to say about the Gospel of John is we don't have a single copy of the of the entire Gospel of John. In other words, not fragmentary, right? Mm-hmm. All of the earliest texts that we have that are complete of the Gospel of John have John in the suffer in the prefix. In other words, if they have a title to the book or whatever, John, there's no no one other than John that is mentioned. So from a very early time when these texts began to be copied and and transmitted. It was associated with with John, okay. And again, we okay. assume typically that it's John the Apostle because it seems to be the author. Also, seems to be an eyewitness to some of the how would I say this, the most intimate parts of Jesus' ministry, like the upper room, uh, right? Mm-hmm. But the the title we've talked about this before. The title that that the author goes by in the Gospel of John is the beloved disciple. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beloved one, something like that. Interestingly, here we have this idea of the elder. And I, and I just want to mention this because there have been people who've done all kinds of really crazy things with um, the Johannian literature. And, and in particular, w- what some people want to do is they want to spread all five of these books out. And they'll say they came from the same community, not the same author, mm-hmm. but they're written over a long period of time and they show development. Now, what I argued last time we were together, if you'll remember, just to remind you this briefly, 
is I think Third John is very closely connected both in time and also in purpose to First and Second John. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I suggested then is that First John may be a circular epistle with Second and Third John being sent along with them. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and first, first John kind of being a circular. In other words, it's, it, it's meant to be sent around. Even though it, the author says, "I write to you," something like eight or, or twelve times, eight or ten times in the in the God, in the book of First John, I write to you, elders. For example, he says in different things. Um, even though he says, "I write to you," there are no epistolary features. So we have no proper names other than than Cain, referring mm-hmm. to the to the right. person in Genesis chapter uh, three. Uh, or Genesis chapter four, I guess it is, um, and and we don't have, you know, you know, we don't have any of the other common epistolary features that we would expect features of a letter from from this period of time. So that that's my argument. I think second and third John are both written to to take what's in first John and and apply that in specific ways. Now, here's what first got me thinking about this. Part of it got me first thinking about this. Is it's interesting because second and third John are sometimes seen as not being closely related because they kind of argue different things, and we'll see that when we get into the body of the letter. You, you might, do you remember what? I know it's been a week, but you remember second John? Yes. <laughs> you remember? Do you remember the primary point he was making about in second John? It was it was the idea of false teachers, but specifically he was saying to the elect lady who who I suggested is the With church. The church. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't don't let them into your house. In other words, don't show hospitality to these false teachers that are out there in the world. Right. And and so so that's what's going on there. Whereas we're going to see in 3 John, there's a specific call to show hospitality to teachers. And and so so some people see these as very opposite. And I'm going to I'm going to tell you how I kind of how I kind of put them together. Anyway, before we get to that, I want to say a bit more about this idea of the elder because there is a character uh person in, in in the early church fathers, who's mentioned in a couple of different places, who is called the Elder John, and, mm. and the most significant of these is in a, is in the church history of a guy by the name of Eusebius. And I thought this would give us a chance to talk a little bit about church fathers. I'm not going to get deeply into this right now, but but I'm just going to give you this one example. Okay. So church fathers would be those they would just I mean I don't we kind of define them differently but those who had right. after the apostles that all yeah. passed away you, you know, know the ones that are kind of forming the church and kind of protecting sure. the theology second fifth century in that in that range of time something like that <laughs> and and there are some in the east and some in the west mm-hmm. and uh, so Eusebius is a pretty important one he he wrote this really massive book called Ch- the church history he wrote some other things as well but what he's best known is is for this book that's called the, the, the history of the church. And what's really significant isn't just his view of how the church formed, although it's it's interesting to read that and see, because he's writing from a late third century, early fourth century perspective. So he's 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 you know a few few hundred years removed from the events of Jesus' life, right? Uh, but what's really significant is he collects together a lot of ex, uh, of material, written material that was existent in his time that we no longer have. So one of the things he does, he quotes this this per- person by the name of Papias, and Papias is mentioned in a couple of different places. He's also mentioned by the early church father Irenaeus. We can we can we should probably do something just on Papias at some point. It'd be interesting. There's been a couple books written about him, but Eusebius quotes something that Papias says 
about listening to the earliest voices. And that's why he's so significant is he was closer to the time of Jesus than Eusebius was. And that's why he he quotes him in various places. We don't have Papias' entire books, what mm. he wrote, but we have these, we call them fragments, right, that are quoted in other in other books, like Irenaeus and, and, and Eusebius. And I wanted to give you this quotation from, from Papias. I went ahead and and copied it out so I could I could read it to you. This is from the third book, uh, the 39th section of Eusebius's uh, church history. Uh, and this is quoting Papias. So here's Eusebius in the third, third century, late third century, quoting Papias. But I shall not be unwilling to put down, along with my interpretations, whatsoever instructions I received with care at any time from the elders. Okay, and there's that term, elder, uh, the Greek term is uh, presbyteroi. Uh, that's where we get our word presbytery, right? In, mm-hmm. in, or Presbyterian. Uh, that that means elder, pres, pres, presbyteroi. Uh, I received it from the elders and stored up with care in my memory, assuring you at the same time of their truth. Interesting, there's that emphasis on truth. Truth. Uh, for I did not, like the multitude, take pleasures in those who spoke much, but the, in those who taught the truth. <laughs> so in other words, so what you're saying is those who speak the truth aren't running their mouths as much. Right, right. Nor in those who related strange commandments, okay? But in those who rehearsed the commandments given by the Lord to faith. So, you know, I didn't want them telling me these weird things I needed to do. And we're thinking here about some of the heresies probably, uh, Gnosticism, like we've talked about, Docetism, some of these other things. But instead, he said, I wanted to hear what Jesus said, is, is what he's saying. Uh, and proceeding from truth itself. If then anyone who has attended on the elders came, I asked minutely after their sayings. In other words, if there's anybody of the elders, and, and here we're thinking about in the time of Papias, second century, who those who would still have been alive who knew Jesus. Now there's a little bit of a controversy here because there are some who says so you're saying that Papias is talking about those who who were secondhand hearers of the eyewitnesses. Mm, right. Gotcha. Uh so there there are people like here's a name we've mentioned before on our podcast. People like Bart Ehrman are going to say that Papias didn't know any eyewitnesses himself. He he's referring to people who had heard from eyewitnesses. But here's what Papias goes on to, to say and how he describes these that he calls the elders, okay? He said, I asked minutely after their sayings what Andrew or Peter said or what was said by Philip or by Thomas or by James or by John or by Matthew or by any other of the Lord's disciples. In other words, he lists some of the people that he's at least heard sayings from. And, and then he goes on, he says, and which things... Aristion and the elder John, uh, in, in my translation actually says the presbyter John, but it, it, it's that Greek word, the elder John, uh, the disciples of the Lord say, uh, for I imagine that what was got from books was not so profitable to me, so what came from the living and abiding voice. In other words, and by abiding here is the same word that's used. It, it's often noticed that Papias was probably a disciple of John's because the word abiding is that word remain, minnow, that's used frequently in the Gospel of John. Truth, you saw there, you know, some mm-hmm. of these other testifying. There's, there's you know, some, some reflections of some of the words that John seemed to sprinkle through everything that he wrote. Some of the Johannine themes that we yeah. see alive in him. So the question here is, again, is he is he talking about those he's heard kind of third hand? You know, in other words, they're, they're telling us 
Well, he, I heard Peter say this one time, or is he talking about those he was able to hear who were eyewitnesses at the first? And, and particularly the, the controversy here is about Elder John. And is that the same as John, who is the disciple of the Lord? Mm-hmm. There are some who make these into two different figures. And so we have the Apostle John, who was with Jesus. And then we have the Elder John, who some people say, well, he was a student of the Apostle John. John was a real relatively common name in the first century uh, as it is still today <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> all time hit, one of the old time hits right yeah um but but there's some people who see them as different people others say that he's saying the same thing and what he means when he says the elder john is this tradition and in fact even prophesied in the gospel of john by jesus himself that that the beloved disciple would not die <laughs> Right. Yeah. That, I was going to say, bring this up. John lived. Yeah. I mean, now we don't have exact oh, records, but like he lived to be quite an old man. There are, there are several traditions about this. Some, 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 there are some indications that he was one of the youngest, if not the youngest of Jesus apostles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you see this reflected in later literature. We could, we could go down that rabbit hole if you want later. Uh, we see it in later art and that kind of thing where he usually is the only one who's clean shaven. And this is what's caused some people to to say maybe he was even female and that kind of thing. But he he was probably he, he wasn't a gray beard, right? He was uh-huh. a, he was a younger uh, of the apostles, and, and then yes, he didn't die a martyr's death, but according to tradition, uh, he died in his old age uh, of natural causes. In fact, there, and and here's where the church fathers we get all kinds of strange stories mm-hmm. about this. I'll, uh, I'm tempted to tell you a couple of them, but maybe we'll save that for another day. The the um, uh, but anyway, there's all these strange stories, and 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 I don't think the stories themselves that they tell. I'll, I'll give you one example. There, there's a I was story. Say, you can't you can't <laughs> okay. tease us with like all these strange stories. And well, not let me say give one. you two. Let me give you two then, since, oh. since I don't want, I don't want to be a tease. So so one of them is that they they tried to kill him by boiling him in oil, and he he, he didn't die. And, and so there goes to that back to John 21, where Jesus says to Peter, "If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You follow me, right?" Mm-hmm. Which and again, John. Well, the, whoever writes John twenty-one, which I think is again John, the Apostle John, uh, he, he says this didn't mean that he that that the disciple would remain alive until Christ returned, but only that if he wanted him to. Right. Mm-hmm. Basically, the point was, don't pay attention to him, Peter. Pay attention to what I'm telling you. Right. Right. But but the longer he lived, and and I mentioned last week that that um, story in uh, Tertullian. Uh, was it Tertullian? I can't remember. But anyway, the story of of um, uh, John in his old age in Ephesus going to church and being carried. You remember that story yes. I told oh, last yeah. week? So the older he got, the more that tradition kind of held on, right? So, yeah, he mm-hmm. lived to be an old man, accord, again, according to tradition. Here's the other story I was going to tell you is they went looking for – and this is actually related to what I'm talking about with the elder John is there's a later father who talks about – going and looking for the grave of John and finding two of them, <laughs> finding two different graves in Ephesus that are, that were said to be John. Right. And, and, and some people say that gives cred- credibility to this elder John being a separate person from the apostle John. But they said they found the, the, the grave and the, the earth was still moving like he was breathing underneath where he'd been buried. Right. And, and they dug up, uh, there's a later one they talk about, they d- dig up the grave and there's no body there. So you know, John is the is, is the beloved. Living Come on, forever. John. Here okay, we go. So, so those My, are weird. Those, those are weird, weird stories. stories. But what they point to, 
what they point to is that tradition that he lived a long time. Yeah, see, I, and it, people it, didn't expect him to die. And like when we say a long time back then, uh, if I'm remembering some of the stuff I've read, like they think he, like he lived into his 90s. Yeah, 80s or 90s. Yeah, something like that. If he was born in the first century, let, let's say he was born in uh, 11 AD. Let, let's say, well, let's say, let's say he's born 11 years. Yeah, let's say 11 AD, according to our reckoning. And he lived to be 90. Let's say that takes him into the early early part of the of the second century. Second century. Yeah, so according to tradition, he 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 died in the nineties though, something like that. So maybe lived to eighty five or yeah, still an old man, eighty eight, something. And like back that. then, that would have been a pretty very uh, old man, very, very old, old man. man. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that so, kind of led into this, these. So here, stories. here's where I, yeah, here's where I'm going with this though is when he's referring to the elder. I think that's what he's getting to the the old you know John. Who, who was the old, you know, the old guy, the the one who had who had been there present with Jesus, but had lived this long time. And so I think that may be what Papias is referring to in Eusebius. Uh, anyway, I think, as, I, as I've said, I think that that at least we can say that all five of the Johannine books are very closely related. Mm-hmm. I think they're all written by the, I don't see any reason not to think they're written by the Apostle John. That's the earliest traditions it seems like we have. Uh, anyway, they're addressed to Gaius, and I know I, well, that's a lot for for the first two words of the of the book. But they're addressed to Gaius, and we mentioned he's already he's called the the one I love, which reflects again that idea of the beloved disciple. There are some different people named Gaius. Gaius was a relatively common name in the first century as well, so we don't necessarily want to attach this to any of the ones we see in Second Corinthians or Acts or anything like that. Um, but um, it does make us think then about what we talked about with Second John. I mentioned when we talked about Second John, and I see uh, a Eclecte Curia, you know, the elect lady, uh, referring to I think a church, the church mm-hmm. in, in that place. Uh, it could be that this is Gaius is one of the leaders, or we're going to see. I, I don't know what term we want to use, but we're going to see that he seems to be one who was who was uh, in a support role, who was providing hospitality and helping helping out some of the teachers and that kind of thing. Uh, but here he addresses to Gaius. So is again when we look at Second John, is that written to? An individual, or is that written to the to the church? Uh, there's something else a little bit later that we'll see that makes us kind of think about that a bit more too. And then he says, uh, you know, the one I love in truth. And again, we see that theme of truth in the Johannine epistles uh, that we uh, we see. So go ahead now. You can read verses two through four. You're yeah. we're too earlier, so go ahead and read them now. <laughs> Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It it gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So this is kind of like a typical Thanksgiving section that we would see in an ancient epistle, wishing him good health. Uh, sometimes, and we see Paul doing this quite a bit. Sometimes, in a, just a standard a- ancient epistle, there would be a prayer to the gods, like you know, I pray to the gods daily. You know, the the god Serapis or, wh- or whomever. We we have these um, letters from this uh, garbage dump in Egypt, um, the Oxyrhynchus papyrus, we call them, or uh, papyri. Um, which are these they've been preserved there because the, the climate is so dry and hot, you know, so, right. so they haven't rotted. And, and so we have these ancient papyrus from the f- first few centuries A.D. Uh, and even earlier 
But uh, the ones that are interesting to us are the ones that have these letters that kind of show us this form. This isn't just something we've made up, right? This is right. This is from comparing the letters of the New Testament to other ancient letters that we have in, in places like uh, Oxyrhynchus. Um, and, and so, you know, when you read those, there, there are different kinds of greetings that they'll give, different kinds of thanksgivings. Paul, a lot of times, will talk about, I pray, you know, uh, to the Lord Jesus on your behalf, this kind of thing. And so here he's saying, I'm glad you're in good health. I'm glad to hear. In other words, there have been people who brought me the report that you're remaining faithful to the truth, which is an important part of this whole whole story we're kind of telling and, and, and getting into. But then did you notice that line? It, nothing gives me greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. Yes. Uh, and that reminds you of, of what? What did, what did you notice uh, about that? that? I mean, is that similar to like second John? Second John, where he says there, I hear that some of your children are walking in the truth to Curia, right? To the yes. eclectic Curia. So here he says, my children. So do we think Gaius is, is John's physical son, or do we think that he is um, a spiritual son? And that's, that's kind of the way I, I, I tend to see this. So again, that takes us back to second John to say, uh, you know, I'm glad to hear some of your children are walking in the truth uh, is to say that they haven't been led astray by these. And I think it's the same thing he's here, guys. I'm so glad to hear when people came to tell me you're, you've been faithful to the gospel. You haven't been led astray by docetism or whatever false teaching we understand this, um, this to be. Questions? Well, anything? To the no, spread? I think that's a that's a that's a great tie to to think about yeah. how Third John helps illuminate some of that the elect lady piece in Second John that right. we have this this parallel of the children uh, to think like is he talking to the specific children or is it spiritual children and then we that helps us interpretate the elect lady in Second John to to think of it as a church and so again I see these not as spread out over a period of fifty years or whatever uh, th- you know that's the funny thing so. There, there are, so we have letters of Paul, and we have Paul talked about the book of Acts, but the gospel of John is so, or, or I should say the Johannine letters and Johannine writings are so interesting because we have three different distinct types of literature in the New Testament, right? We have, right. We have a gospel, uh, we have the letters, and then we have um, the apocalypse. The gospel, we have parallels with other gospels to be able to kind of you know, see some some development of John, this this person, John the Apostle, um, and, and all of it together kind of gives us a really interesting glimpse. Now, again, what people wanted to do is they kind of wanted to pull those apart so they could see the development. They wanted to pull them apart in time so they could say, oh, look, here we have this development from the Gospel of John to First John to Second John to Third John to Revelation. And, uh, and again, I think first, second, third John are really written to one specific period of time. I do think those three, as I mentioned last week, come after the gospel of John. Um, they're kind of dealing with some of the same themes when we're probably going to look at first John in the next couple of weeks, we think, and we'll see some of those uh, similarities to the gospel of John when we look at those. Um, but, uh, but I think second, third John are written really the same situation and we'll, we'll get on to see what it is. So you see that similarity though, of, uh, yeah, I hear my absolutely. children walking in the truth. Any other questions or anything you wanted to point out? No, I that? think that's, uh, again, we just have that truth, that truth's claim, truth. that truth mm-hmm. statement just keeps coming yeah. through there. Yeah. 
very, you know, as I mentioned, Johannine epistles are relatively short, but the number of times this word word uh, aletheia is used is just is just uh, amazing compared to other books. I mentioned, I think Romans, you know, compared to Romans, which is a much longer book, uh, we find aletheia used uh, more more frequently. Yeah. Okay. Now look at five through eight, because this is really where we're kind of getting at the nitty gritty of what this book is about then and, and why some people say it can't be the same as what we see in second John. So go ahead and read verses five through eight. Yep. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Uh, they have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. A couple of interesting things here, but the main thing I want you to notice is he's he's saying continue to do what you're doing for the for the brothers. And the NIV has brothers and sisters there to be to be gender inclusive. You know, the autofoy is the word that's used here. Uh, even though they are strangers to you, I talked about how dependent these these early church teachers who were going out and and teaching, like Paul, how dependent they were on the hospitality of other people in order to continue their mission. Right? Um, they couldn't they couldn't do it on their own. They couldn't. Uh, you know, ends were were not safe. I mentioned, and so to to stay with someone was a was a way that they were encouraged to go on in their ministry. And so I think that's what he's referring to here. Continue to do this. Uh, continue to help out the brothers in this way. Send them on their way. So there, there we're imagining we would call them missionaries, probably right, or evangelists. Uh, they're they're out traveling, doing the work of uh, of the kingdom. And he says, send them on their way um, in a manner that honors God. Another interesting thing is it was for the sake of the name. Uh, and, and that the use of that in your NIV, for example, and other other modern translations will have a capital in there. Yeah, uh, and that's that's actually kind of a Jewish feature. Um, Hashem is one of the words, and which is which is the Hebrew word for in Hebrew. Hashem means the name. That's one of the ways that they would refer to Yahweh because you know they would not pronounce the divine name. Right. So sometimes they use the word Adonai. Uh, Lord, uh, we say sometimes Lord with a lower case. I'll refer to our uh, to our inconceivable series when when we yes. did the one about Lord. You might remember right. that we talked yep. about that a little bit. Um, but the other way that they would refer to the divine name is this is this phrase Hashem, the name. And, and so he doesn't say the name of Jesus here. He doesn't say the name of Yahweh. He says it is for the sake of the name. And here I think you know think we're thinking about the the divine you know for God's sake is what what he's saying um, that that's the reason that they went out uh, receiving no help from the pagans in other words you know they they need the help of fellow believers uh, and then verse eight here's that issue of hospitality we ought therefore to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. Uh, if we want the truth to spread, I think John is saying we need to work together in order to help those who are teaching what's in keeping with truth. So now you get what I'm saying, though. That's kind of the opposite <laughs> of what. Well, it is and it isn't because, I mean, right. the second second John's all about false teachers, those exactly. who are trying to lead them into something bad, you know, that, okay. that, that there's still that syncretistic uh, thing going on there. So those were the teachers that were trying right. to blend in the pagans some of this 
and so John and second John was saying like, don't let them in. Like right. they're going to be a problem. This is those who are telling, speaking the truth. Okay. Make so sure we, you welcome them in and send them out. You're getting, you're under. getting exactly what I see as the heart of the issue that these letters are addressing. What is the difference between a false teacher and a true teacher? We want to support the false teachers. We want to. Uh, we don't. No. We don't was, want to support the false teachers. Hello. Hello. <laughs> cut, cut that out. We yeah, don't want to nope. support the false teachers. At the same time, the ones who are speaking truth who we want to support need our support. Right. Right. Uh, and so that puts us in a pretty difficult situation, especially as he mentioned, there's strength. You know, the, these may not be people you've ever met before, mm-hmm. but they're being sent out from the church. And, and so how can you determine uh, who are speaking truth and who are speaking false? So go to verses nine through 10, because I think he gets to a very specific verses nine and 10, because I think he's getting to a very specific uh, point okay. with this. I wrote to the church, but do Diotrephes. Diotrephes. Of course. How would I not know this? (laughs) I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. So when I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, spreading malicious nonsense about us. Not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Okay, so you see what's going on is this is this is kind of a battle that's going on between these two, between this from a Christian perspective, between a heresy. Right and and between speaking the truth, that's why John is so concerned in these letters about what is truth. Uh, what I does love, it mean to I'm speak sorry, the truth? I love the malicious nonsense. <laughs> I love that phrase. That's malicious nonsense. That'd be a good uh, good band name. Yeah. The <laughs> please Ryan welcome Sar- up malicious nonsense. Ryan Sarver and the malicious nonsense. It's like tenacious D, but a yeah, different there you version. Go. Yeah, malicious. D, I don't know. Uh, malicious end, but anyway, yeah. the the uh, so here's a specific example where there are people who John is saying these are true teachers, and Diotrephes is not receiving them. In fact, he's not even receiving me. I sent a letter to the church. Now there are some who who say that the letter that he's referring to is Second John, but you know I don't know, and, and some people would say it could be First John. Uh, I, I don't know that that specifically has to be it, but he's saying basically that Diotrephes is keeping those who are trying to work on behalf of the name, uh, on behalf of the true gospel, uh, that that he's keeping them out of the church. Notice he's I, also. I, I think we could assume that Diotrephes got a little church discipline at some point here. <laughs> well, he's he's extending church discipline here first. Uh, a couple of things I want you to know is John describes him as who loves to be first. Uh, and that's you know right in opposition to to the teaching of Jesus. Whoever yeah. wants to be first has to be last. And basically, he's saying he likes to be the the, power. the person, right? The person in power. Um, and, and and notice the very end of this. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. So he's practicing church discipline, and he is ex- to put out of the church as we use the term excommunication for. He, he is he is disfellowshipping those who. Uh, John is saying it should should be received and should be welcomed. Hmm. But but you can understand the problem, though, right? You you can kind of see what the difficulty is because how do you know yeah. who who is if we've got they're not known to us, right? How do we know those who are speaking truth and those who are not? Even if we have if this is the apostle John and we have diatrophies even even accusing the apostle John 
of teaching what's not in keeping with the truth. You know, how how are we to know who who we can receive and who we cannot? And so that's I think it's a it's a big deal. It's a it's an important issue. And, um, and, and I. At this point, I mean, I always say, like, when I talk to people about this, it's kind of the Wild West at yeah, this point. absolutely. Because, like, you know, the the, the books are just starting to get collected right. and things are being put together. But yeah. there's not there's nothing that's really been decided upon this point. Where you, we're can't all, pull we're out, all, you can't pull out your encyclopedia of the New Testament and look it there's, up. There's right? no uh, – <laughs> there is authority is in people. Right. But it's like there's no – there, there's not documents that are coming back to, at right. this point, founding documents like we have the yeah. Bible. They're right. – still trying to sort this out and again right. they're in a um i mean it's, it's very similar today but they're in a swimming pool of all kinds of different right. ideas and people that have taken one idea and turned it into another one and so how do we how do right. we ensure stability here this is getting late in the new testament period i think you know mm -hmm. i think we're talking about later but yeah you're right even in in books like galatians paul says you know, I, Peter. I i i called Peter out yeah. to his face and reminded him, you, you, you know what I'm saying? And right. so here we have even, even, you know, very important figures in the early church who are challenging one another in some, in some case, like you said, it's, it, it's, 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 so you know, everybody's the trying to figure things, everybody's trying to figure things out here. <laughs> They're trying to well, put it together. I'm going to say a couple of different things in that. I, I want to be careful here because, because you right. said the authority, two, two things I want to say careful here, but you said the authority resides in, in people. I would say in, in those who were eyewitnesses, right? The apostles right. certainly had a certain status because they were present with Jesus and he gave them additional teaching. But I would say that the, the authority was not in themselves. It was in the fact that they were present with the Lord, just like Papias said. Right. You know, rather than listening to all these speakers talking about Christianity, I preferred to hear a living voice. You know, give right. me give me okay. John yeah. instead of one of these other, other people who are just expounding on this, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of it. The the other thing that you said, and and again, I, I that was I get, wrong. <laughs> the other thing that I said that was wrong. I didn't say it was wrong. That's no, all right. I just, Listen, I, I am just, I am the plebe. <laughs> you are the teacher. I just want to be careful in how we're we're thinking about this. You said they're trying to work it out, and, and, and yes not, and no. I I I after I said it, the words <laughs> came out of my mouth, and I well, knew the moment. What I'd said. I believe in second chances. So how would you say it after after careful thought? How would you say it now? I'm I'm not saying they're work. It's not like they're creating something, right? Like that's they, where I wanted to stay it, away. Yes, from. it's not like oh, these guys got together and go like, how can we generate this cohesive thing that we can just use uh, and, against people? And here's why I, I I'm taking a little bit of time to say this because I think that there are some people who 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 would teach that this is a development of Christian doctrine, right? Right. Yes. Now, yeah, there are new situations that are arising. You know, as you have, and here's what I would say, there are different challenges uh, doctrinally and also practically. There are different challenges that are being made. So the doctrine of grace, I think, is what Jesus teaches, mm -hmm. right? He, he teaches forgiveness of sins in him, right? That, that's what that's what he's, he's teaching. But then you have people coming along like, wait a minute, if grace is what saves me, then can I just go out and do whatever I want, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then we've talked before, the syncretism. We have people mixing it with Greek ideology and saying, well, my body doesn't really affect my spirit. Yeah, you know, Greek we're dualism, about, yeah. We're talking about spiritual things, not physical things, right? Uh, which even some of Paul can be taken that way. So, so 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're not wrong to say they are working it out, but I think it has more to do with thinking how it, it same, same that we do today. How does this apply to the challenges? That, how does the truth of the gospel apply to the challenges that we find now? The, yeah. the things that we're faced with in our faith communities, in our, in our congregations, how do we apply the truth of the gospel to them now? And that's different to me than saying that there's a development taking place in doctrine, if, if, right. if, yeah. if you see what I'm saying. So that's, that's the only thing I was kind of being yeah, I know. I, listen, yeah, they're, they're working out how does, this, how does this work out in our, in our in, cultural context. In this it doesn't context, change. They're not exactly. changing the truth of it, but it's like, how do we take the truth of the gospel and how does it work out in these situations? In, in fact, that's live? what John is insistent on, right? That this is truth. And this is, I'm not, think about now what it said in Second John, where he says, I'm not teaching you a new commandment, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm bringing you the old, the, from the beginning commandment to love one another. In other words, back to Jesus. I'm going back to the words of Jesus. So there, there's uh, there's an interesting thing here that I want us to think about. So this is what made me think as I began to put this all together. So you're you're seeing what I'm seeing. The second and third John are really writing to kind of two sides of the same coin is one of the ways we could put that. Uh, How do we deal with the fact that there are you you called the Wild West? And I think that's a rightful that's that's a good image. There are traveling evangelists, let's call them Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, traveling teachers. And there are some of them who are speaking truth. And there are some of them who are speaking heresy. Yeah. What was what's your favorite word? Malicious uh, nonsense. Malicious nonsense. Some of them are snake oil salesmen, and some of them are exactly. Not. How how do we determine? How do we determine which of these are worthy of our support and which are not? Mm-hmm. Now, here's the interesting thing. That's still an issue that we have to think about today, right? Uh, yes. How do we how do we determine? Uh, you know, I've said several times over the past several years, the issue we're dealing with is a lack of, of solid epistemology. Mm-hmm. And epistemology is simply a study of, of how we know things. How do we know what we know? And, go ahead. and then when you're also getting discipled, <laughs> I, I mean, we're part of this Melu as well, but like yeah. the internet, you're getting, you're yeah. absorbing more voices. Yep. And I think that's always the thing, you know, it's when you saying like, you know, oh, I just want to read my Bible myself and I figured it out by myself. But like, there's a communal aspect to this as well, yeah. kind of going, no, 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 you're you're going down the wrong, the, the correction. Wrong, right. uh, you know, there's a correction, correction there that, about about being part of community, and so when you're hearing all these different voices, I mean, I, I actually kind of have sympathy for some of this, like absolutely for them in this situation, kind of going, how do we? And again, there's no even you know Morris code telegrams at this point, you know, like it's this delayed so this, reaction to things. So in my opinion, here 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 comes the, here comes the twist. This yes. is what brings in First John. Uh oh. So what First John is about, if I had to summarize what First John is about, is how can I know that I am in Christ? Uh, he uses the term confidence frequently in the book of First John, uh, and, and and I think he's writing for people who are in this issue. Well, we got some people saying this, and we have some people saying that, and John says here is here is how you know. One of my favorite commentaries is an older commentary on the book of First John. Uh, it's by Robert Law. It's called the the Tests of Life, and, mm. and he says that there are these different tests that he asks us to apply. Now, one of them we actually saw last week. Um, if you remember, I'm not going to go back and look at it again, but he said, "How do you know the Antichrist? 
<laughs> right? Many, many, mm-hmm. an, many, many false teachers, many antichrists have already arisen. And, and here's how you know them. They deny that Jesus came in the flesh. Mm-hmm. So he's saying very specifically, here's a doctrinal test by which you can determine if this is a true teacher or false teacher. I just want to show you one more. And then over the next couple of weeks, we'll look at some others. But look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. First okay. John chapter three verse ten. Can you get that for me, or do I, I need I, that? I know. Okay. First John do it myself. chapter no. three verse oh ten. Uh, chapter three verse ten. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. So th- these are two of the tests, actually, that the law identifies. One is called the test of righteousness. Mm-hmm. So how do we know who's the children of God and who's the children of the devil? Well, do they do what's right? <laughs> okay. Easy. Uh, well, and he gets specific with some of the things. Yeah. Are, are they, are they, well, it has to do with that dualism, right? That, that idea of if my behavior, that licentiousness, if I'm an, if I'm a docetist and I don't think my, my um, uh, behavior affects my spiritual state, then I can do whatever I want. And he's saying that's how you can tell someone who's the child of the devil. They're, they're not they're not doing what's right. The other one is really important, uh, and that goes back to that command. It, it's the test of love. Mm-hmm. Are they demonstrating a deep love for the for the community of faith, uh, the people, you know, the brothers and sisters? And if they are not, uh, and this is where Cain comes in. Actually, he says, "There, don't follow the way of Cain, who hated his brother." Right, and, and we're going to see several ways that that First um, John talks about this. Interesting, you know, he he even he he equates it to the image of God. How can you say you love God whom you have not seen, and yet hate your brother whom you have seen, who's created in His image? Right, mm, right. And so, so these are different. But you, you, you get what I'm saying. Is so. First John is all about. Okay, you want to discern who is worthy of of hospitality and who's not. Well, here's the guidelines. Here, here are the basics. These are ways that you're going to be able to tell the difference between those who are falling away of truth and those who are falling away of falsehood. Uh, and so that's uh, that's um, just some of them. Some of the others, uh, the test of the spirit, for example, he talks about we have an anointing. We, we read part of that last week. And, uh, you know, the, the work of the spirit in the life of these teachers, you can see uh, evidence of. And, and so that's what I think he's doing. So he so. And we're going to see in just a minute, both second and third John, he says, I have more that I want to write to you. I have more that I want to tell you. And I think first John is that other stuff. He, gotcha. you know, I, I'm yeah. not going to write this all in, in I'm not going to write it twice or, or how, there may have been others, who knows, there, there could have been other letters that were addressed to specific people or specific churches, but, but I'm writing you these things so that you can determine who is, uh, who is speaking truth and who's falsehood. So we talked about the canonization, the way I imagine this happening. Uh, and this is just kind of me thinking through is if second John, uh, was was attached to first John, let's say. And then third John was attached to first John. When you began to collect together these early letters, and, and I told you before when we talked about the epistles of Paul, how they would often be copied. You right. know, you, you'd have somebody who would go visit this church. I heard there's a letter of John over at this church, and they would go and they would take their own supplies and they would make a copy so they could take it back to their congregation and have one of these. But as you began to compare you're like, well, well, this one's ex- exactly identical to this one, except for this first part, 
right? So there's no yeah. need to to we, there's no need for us to have. You know, if we imagine if we'd had First John and Second John, and they would have been both of them would have had the entire text of First John after the right. after the introduction. You see, what I'm saying they, they, yeah. they're like, there's no sense in doing this. So that's how I imagine these kind of being collected together. Here's First John, no epistolary features. Basically, the 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 heading, if we want to cut the call it that's been cut off. It's just it's just the text, and then we have these two different letters that were making them specific to specific situations, I think. So that's that's how I understand them coming about. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Go ahead then with verses uh, 11 and 12. Um, he, he talks about the test of righteousness. Remember me talking about that from First John yeah. chapter 3? So here's an example of it. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone, and even by the truth itself. He, we also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. So he's he's giving an example here of Demetrius, and and that idea we know you know that our testimony is true is an echo of of the Gospel of John as, too, as right. well, right? But Demetrius, and again, this is one of those questions we have a Demetrius in the Book of Acts. Uh, do you remember him? He was Demetrius the silversmith. Uh, who started a riot in Ephesus? Uh, yes, yes, uh, because he, they weren't people weren't getting the silver for their idols. The Temple of Artemis is there, and that was yeah. one of their main. And so they started a riot to kick Paul out, and that's how Paul ended up getting arrested and sent up to uh, Caesarea Maritima. But uh, you know, there in Ephesus, now here's the interesting thing: is John in his later life is associated with Ephesus. So there are some people who say this could be the same Demetrius, right? Oh. Uh, you always have to be careful when that happens, though, because, you know, again, these are it's relatively common names. common names. You know, you see other Demetrii, other Demetriuses. <laughs> I don't know how you would say that. Demetrii. Yeah. Right? Demetrii. Just let's say Demetrii. Okay. Demetriuses. I don't know. Whatever. Anything. We've but, got the idea. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's more there you know there's many that are that are mentioned and so there's, there may be more than one here but it is it is interesting to me that John is associated with Ephesus in his later life again early church fathers um, and uh, we see Demetrius that's where that whole riot is taking place so we can, we can imagine the possibility of him becoming a believer and, and that kind of thing but again not necessarily I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to make too much hay out of that but he's given us an example and he's he's commended by John for his behavior and, and there's where that test of righteousness comes in look at the way they're living if, if they're living like a bunch of pagans then then they're probably false teachers right mm-hmm. um, if, if they're if their teaching has made a difference in their in their behavior than their 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 true teachers well and i what i think is interesting is diet diet diatrophies diatrophies he's kind of the opposite yep. he's trying to keep the teaching pure but right. at the same time not loving brothers and sisters yep. well you know there's yep. it's a two-sided coin of exactly how do you live and love brothers and sisters and so you kind right. of get this this thing of like he's only got half of the equation. If you're not right. loving your brothers and sisters well, you're not. Yeah. It's not that. And, you're not and he's not practicing text. humility. You know, he loves to be first. Is the other? Is the yeah? Other thing, you know, so. I wonder. Does you know when John's writing this? Like, oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him. <laughs> I know when he reads this, it's gonna get him. Anyway, right. I'm just making up things now. Right. So um, look, go ahead and read the closing. Then this is verses 13 and 14. 
I have much to write to you, but do I but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. And again, that's stoma a stoma, mouth to mouth. <laughs> we yes. have a mouth to mouth talk. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. And so, so again, a typical um, greeting. And again, Second, Third John are the best examples we have of of what a typical the length of a typical letter from the first from the first century um you know these would have not been unusual nobody would have blinked an eye like they would have at romans i think where paul kind of takes that letter form but expands it and is like holy cow this becomes this literary you know kind of cross between a letter and a literary event so yeah i think this is great I, I i've really i mean i've liked all the oneaters that we've done so far we've looked in some of this but um the second and third john and i'm excited to get into the first john here yeah. and kind of go into that it's just a you know i've read second john and right and it well you know you get into the elect lady and you're like what's happening you know what i mean but just <laughs> right. to see that connection and that context yeah. and see like oh yeah. second and third john have this nice pairing flip side yeah. of the coin you start to see more of the narrative of what's happening in here and i, I think, think it so. um for me it it gives them more teeth you know what yeah. i mean like more more teeth for me to as yeah. i think about that there's more going on with them you know, they're a little like Philemon, though. They're kind of opening up this world for us. And we got these people mm. you know, traveling and needing people to let them stay with them. And these church leaders and some of them are being jerks. <laughs> you know, some of them are being <laughs> Some things never change. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, again, we talked about this last time, but Philemon, we talked about like that yeah. is attached on to, uh, you know, Colossians, there's a lot of Colossians yeah. which is attached on to Ephesians, which is a circular letter, maybe like so, to the yeah. church in, in general. Yeah. Um, but to see like this structure of how some of these, I mean, this is six books in our New Testament yeah. kind of have this, maybe some of the similar structure, yeah. how they go together. And it's like, here's the general instruction, and here's some letters specifically to specific well, people. Here's how we live this out in their context. And the book of Revelation takes that form, too, as I mentioned. You've got these these letters to the seven churches in chapters two and three, and then you have the the the, the apocalypse, you know, mm-hmm. where he, he gives them. So he gives them some specific implications of for their for their congregations, but... But then you have the bigger teaching, or I should say, bigger teaching, but the 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 broader teaching about um, you know the, the way that we live in light of uh, the, the opposition that we're going to face as believers. Yeah, and 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 these you know they're smaller books, but they still they give us that glimpse. But right. as we talked about when I misspoke, um, but it gives that greater <laughs> it gives that greater glimpse about how the gospel right. is applied in these yep. scenarios. How do we yep. live? You know, it, it, we talk about like popular today is like Jesus is love, except everyone do every, you know what I mean? Like, right. but kind of going like, even as, you know, John is saying like, if they're a false teacher, they're not to be welcomed. Like, yeah. don't support them. Like there is, exactly. there's the, the, it is not just a pure love fest all the time, right. you know, but there's like, there's discernment. Yeah. How do we live this out in our context? Because the concern is they're working against, you know, what, what God is doing. So yeah. And then and then we have this final we have this final uh statement. I, I cut you off before you finished it. You want to go no, ahead and right. finish I, up? I mean just go. That's all right. Finish the whole finish. The I don't whole. know. I don't know. you've cut me off. My brain thinks in like short bursts. <laughs> I gotta recharge now. I just thought it was the end of 14, maybe that I cut you off from. I don't have it here in front of me. Uh, greet uh peace to you, the friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name.
Oh, maybe I didn't cut you off. I thought there was one more line after that. Is there not? Uh, nope. Okay. <laughs> well, the end. The end. <laughs> Greet the friends there by name. Peace out. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to mention their names, though. But. No, it doesn't. So that's that's the closing. Yeah, just the friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. So okay. warm, warm. I mean, they're brothers and sisters. You need to greet them by name. Right. Absolutely. Well, well, Brian, I think this is uh, this has been good. I'm glad we did the wonders yeah, slash oneaters. It's, it's been fun. Yeah, to get you back in John a little bit, the old wheelhouse, yeah, and, and yeah. to talk about something um, I actually know something about. <laughs> yes, but uh, you know, I appreciate we kind of diving into the elder and what all that yeah. means, and and I like that early church father stuff. It helps us give yeah. us some of that cultural context of we how probably need names to look at, at them sometime. It's just there's such a huge, you know, when you start opening up those can of worms, there are so many huge questions that that raises. Right, absolutely. All right, well, thanks so much, Brian. I appreciate it. Yeah, and we will. Yeah, we'll uh, jump back into. We're going to go into First John. One John. One. <laughs> One John uh, when we return next Tuesday. All right. All See right. you then, Thanks Ryan. so much, Brian. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye.